Hi, this is Barak Lurie, and this is the Barak Lurie Podcast. With me is, uh, as always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. And uh, we are uh, Lurie and Associates. We provide uh, legal services in the real estate and business litigation realm. We help people uh, resolve their problems. And I think one of the things that distinguishes us, Ari, is that uh, we love to play chess. We, we treat every case uh, as a, a strategic opportunity to get to the best settlement possible, the best resolution possible. And uh, sometimes you, that means getting a case dismissed if it's a garbage case or getting the other side to see reason one way or the other. But it takes some, uh, some thinking, some good analysis. And if you don't have that analysis, like a good chess player, you are not going to get the checkmate. You're not going to win the game, as it were. Uh, so make sure that your attorney thinks about his cases and, and strategizes them, which uh, leads us to our big point. And today we're not going to actually talk about politics. I'm sure it'll creep in a little bit, but we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, the holidays, the Jewish holidays in particular. Uh, tonight begins the 10 days of awe, right? The reflection days. And it starts with Rosh Hashanah, which is essentially the new year in the Jewish calendar. And... You are supposed to not only celebrate the New Year, which is wonderful, um, but you're supposed to think about taking care of things and, and changing yourself all anew so that the, the situation of the past are gone. Um, you, you try to find new, new ways of reviving yourself. And it's, it's also a time period where you reflect internally. And if you, if you don't in, in reflect internally, you are... Really losing out, um, and what do I mean by in, in, in reflecting internally? There are many ways to do so. You can say, look, all these self-help books are out there, is, you know, asking you the same question, which is, how can I be a better person? How can I improve myself? How can I, you know, get more people to pay attention to me? How can, and, and in a business sense, of course, how can I get more business? Whether that means customers or clients or what have you, uh, how can I take it to the next level? And Ultimately, it always focuses on one major thing, which is to start thinking differently, opening up the world in a different way, to see yourself differently. Um, from a psychological point of view, a lot of times a psychologist will say, you know, John, have you, have you thought about perhaps you're a difficult person? Maybe, maybe you see things in such a sardonic and pessimistic way, right? I'm I'm an optimist, but I, I know how dangerous pessimism can be and how it can drag you down. Have you thought about just kind of changing their attitude? Even if, even if you don't feel it on the inside, just saying it, saying that it's going to be a good day. And as I always say, small changes can lead to very big differences in your life, right? I mean, that's, there's so many examples I can give in, in, terms, of, uh, uh, in terms of your health, for example, it turns out that, uh, you know, somebody who's feeling dizzy all the time, well, maybe he just needs more water in his life, right? He, he's just not drinking enough water. Boom, simple change. His whole, his whole life changes. And um, sometimes saying, how are you to somebody, it, it, you know, evokes a whole nice response by the other person. So that conflict that you thought was happening is, in fact, not a conflict. They just need a little bit of attention. Small things can make big differences. But the internal reflection that we, we talk about in Rosh Hashanah um, and, and throughout Yom Kippur, and Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, where you actually try to seek forgiveness uh, 
So now it's not just that one day. People always think of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which is a very important day, of course. But it's all about reflection, reflection about how you can be a better person, generally speaking, not just seeking forgiveness, but a better person through inside and out. And, um, you know, maybe I can spend more time with my kids. Maybe I can, you know, um, uh, try to focus on a special trip with my wife and try to have alone time with her. Uh, maybe I can kind of reduce the swearing a little bit. Um, I, I'm not a swearer, so I, it's hard for me to reduce it any further. <laughs> but, I'll handle that. But, but you, you know, these are the things that we all can do. If, if, if you like alcohol, if you have an alcohol problem, perhaps, you can say, look, this is the time. I, you know, people talk about New Year's resolutions. I guess it's a little bit like that, but it's not quite. It's, it's about really analyzing it, not making a commitment necessarily, although commitments are totally cool. But let's say you've got an alky problem. You can say, all right, you know what? I just got to lay off the sauce. I'm going to, I need to change that. I need to be somebody different in that one way. And uh, it's, it's all about fighting ourselves, right? That's the greatest mission for the Judeo-Christian value set, right? Dennis Prager will tell you this all day long. Any a true faithful leader of any uh, good religion will tell you that your mission is to battle yourself. That's the greatest battle you have in your life. It's not about uh, adopting the right policy about recycling and global warming and fighting global warming. Uh, it's not about fighting over population. Uh, it's, it's about fighting yourself at the end of the day. And this is, this is what the internal reflection is all about. Now, I, I, I bring this up because... Um, for me, and I think for yourself, Ari, you know, you and I have had so many discussions about this. You know, we like to have the big picture, right? We, we discuss things about the, the big picture, and, and you and I are very similar. If we were to talk about, I don't know, um, uh, you know, what, what happened with the um, NFL and, and this football player, you know, hurting his child. We'll speak about it in a very global perspective. Like that's, that's, you don't do that, but we don't get into the weeds of the little details. And, you know, did JLo wear a, a, a bikini that was inappropriate for her body shape? We, we don't, we're not a TMZ operation, right? But we're capable. <laughs> if we want. Oh, we're all capable. Right. Yes. That, I know you're joking, but we are actually all capable of it. And it's very easy to descend. I know you were joking, but it's actually very true. We are capable of it. Just like we're capable of eating, uh, you know, uh, chocolate uh, fudge sundaes all day long. But it's, it's not the right thing to do. It's not good for you. It's tasty, not good for you. And uh, there are these temptations throughout our lives to talk about the mundane, to talk about the trivial. And uh, we should really be focusing on the big picture, which is something that I so appreciated from you when you said, look, I only want to talk about the big things. I, I'm not interested in the small little details. And maybe, maybe we should be more focused on the details. Um, and by that I mean like whether or not uh, the car has a, a v, V12 engine versus a V8 engine and you know, how much horsepower it has and such. I mean, you could prefer it, I suppose, but you can also get so caught up in the small details that you're actually wasting a lot of time. And time is a very precious asset in our lives. And um, you and I love the big picture. 
we talk about ISIS and what's happening in the Middle East, and not just ISIS, by the way. We talk about we talk about ISIS in context of what has been happening as a result of us leaving Iraq, for example, and our whole engagement in the Middle East. How should we have done it in the first place? Uh, how we deal with Iran? How we deal with Russia? Um, and then even bigger than that is uh, you know how the democratic platform seems to not want to be bothered by foreign policy issues. It only wants to focus on its what we perceive, perceive to be meddlesome and interfering programs that only hurt America. So they engage themselves in the things that shouldn't be engaging in, and they disengage themselves where they need to be engaging. So that's the kind of the big picture stuff that you and I have. But you know what's funny, Ari? You and I can talk about this literally all day. And the reality is that very few people think like us, right? I mean, the, the, the people who listen to the show because it's a self-selecting audience, right? They're, they're only going to listen to this because it is precisely the big picture ticket. It's, it's a show that, that deals with big ticket items. We will not get caught up in, you know, John and Ken type stuff that you hear from KFI, right? It's, let's, let's, uh, let's make fun of somebody who, uh, who had his pants down a little too low so you can see the crack of their butt. We, we don't engage in that. It's just not interesting to us. And for, in fact, if somebody tries to point it to us, we will quickly just dismiss it and say, look, I, please, I don't want to be bothered with that nonsense. But there are a lot of people, the, the way that you and I think, a lot of people don't think that way. And where, where am I going with all this? I'm saying that it's very hard for us to step out of ourselves. And in the same way that you know, I look at the world. I'm a six-foot-tall guy. I don't. I see it as a six-foot-tall guy. If I were five-foot-five and a woman, I would see it at that level. And also with a woman's brain, I would. Everything would be different. I would see things differently. And if I had a talent for uh, playing uh, music and music was all my life, I would see everything in the context of music. And so on down the line, right? If if I were uh, an Arab living in um, Iran or um, Turkey even, I would see the world in terms of honor and dishonor or honor and shame, whereas you and I see the world in terms of right and wrong. So it's very hard for us to imagine a world some other way, to view the world some other way. And this is what I love about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. These 10 days are basically inviting us, not instructing us, but inviting us strongly to see things differently, to, to think internally in a very different way. So instead of simply saying, okay, well, try to be a good person, try to be a good person every day of the year, which is, of course, very important, it actually tells you this is what you need to be thinking about today. And if you, if you look if you go to Yom Kippur services, as I did, uh, I don't know, now 12, 13 years ago, and I was bored out of my mind because it was mostly in Hebrew and I didn't really understand the Hebrew. I wasn't familiar with the prayers. So what did I do? Well, I read the translations on the left side of the page. And I started reading it and it, and it talked about how we transgress. And it, it, when, when you think about how we transgress, yeah, the normal person will think, as I as I do, that you know, we're talking about let's not be, uh, let's not let's not lie to other people, let's not be jealous of other people, 
Uh, let's not uh, gossip about other people, right? Let's not steal, of course, from other people. But there are so many other things that I never thought about. And here's this list that was 20 pages long. And I, it just never dawned on me. But, and, and they weren't just inventions that, that weren't real. They, they were true transgressions. And I thought, yeah, that's a good point. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's another way that we can transgress. This is another thing that we, you know, for example, that we hope for other people's failures. That was something I didn't really think about as a bad thing. But it is a bad thing. We don't, you don't want to go there, right? You don't want to, hoping for other people's failures is, a, is, a, is something that sucks you down. It brings you down, whether you realize it or not. Now, and, and the Germans have a phrase for it, Schadenfreude, uh, which means shameful joy. But it, that was an example. At the time, I was, I'd never thought about that as a, as a transgression. And here you are surrounded by hundreds, sometimes thousands of other fellow Jews or other people for that matter that, you know, you're, you're sharing a moment together. You, you're saying, hey, look, here's another way to think. And, and if you're really experiencing Rosh Hashanah and the, the days of awe really well, you should come out of temple a bit changed. In fact, significantly changed. You should be able to come out and say, I'm, I, I'm really thinking differently about this. I really would like to change my life. Why am I so discordant with my family? Why, why do I feel this tension all the time? I'm giving two different examples. I'll give more. Um, why am I so stubborn? Um, why, why do I get angry um, so easily? Um, I'd like to change that. Why do I get jealous? I'd like to change that. Um, there are so many things that, that one could want to change. Now, I'm, I'm proud to say that I, I don't get jealous very easily. I'm not quick to anger. There's a lot of things I'm very proud of. Uh, but, you know, there's a tremendous number of things that I would like to, to conquer within myself. Uh, one of the things I'd like to conquer, I think, is, is to be a little less shy. You know, believe it or not, I, despite my having a show, it's, it's a struggle that I have. I, I'm, I'm naturally a shy guy. It's hard for me to... To, to go out and reach out to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? I, there's a part of me thinking, like, oh, they're going to be really upset with me that I even said hello. Um, but I, I conquer that. But that's, that's my thing. I, I, I don't do alcohol. I don't do drugs. As you know, I don't swear. Maybe if you did alcohol and drugs, you wouldn't have a problem with shyness. <laughs> yes. You know, that's a good point. Right? I didn't think about that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get to like this problem Judaism solved. thing. This Russia should not business is paying off. <laughs> Problem solved. I, I, they don't pay me enough for this podcast, I tell you. They don't uh, pay you a thing. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> don't get me. Don't change the subject on me. So, no, here, here, look. I mean, the fact is that it's so, it's so wonderful to be able to just delve deeply into these. Take a moment. Discuss these things deeply within yourself. Step back. Don't, don't get involved in the day-to-day mundane stuff of the iPhone and the iPads and the, and the football games and everything else. You, you need to stop and really self-reflect. And there is no such thing in the secular world. There's no such opportunity in the secular world, right? Dennis Prager had an excellent Ultimate Issues segment on this very point. Uh, and, I, and I want to kind of take a little bit further. Uh, but his main point was, 
where do you get this opportunity to, to self-reflect other than to just say, I'm just such a good person. I'm, I'm just great all the time. I'm always looking for an opportunity to be a better person. Yeah, well, these same people, you know, it's all relative to them. So they'll rationalize anything. But when you don't have objectivity, there's no way you can get to the right answer all the time. If you believe that the only reason why people don't kill each other, by the way, is because it's logical not to kill each other, then that just takes morality out of the equation altogether, right? If it's only a matter of logic, like we're all in one big Mexican standoff, right? The most logical regime in the history of the world killed uh, about 50 million people. Well, I, but that's putting up, I mean... Uh, but, 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 Holocaust. But, but, so but, it's not right. logic that keeps people from being killed. Right. But is it all because it's mutually assured destruction among all of us? I mean, of course, it's an absurd scenario. But, but I don't want to digress, I guess. The, the point is that in the secular world, there is no moment of self-reflection. They don't see the need of that. They're above that, you understand. You know, you crazy religious people, you, uh, you can do your little thing, whether it's Lent. You know, Lent, they do this, too. It's, it's, it's also a great time of internal reflection. They do it in a different way, of course, but it's the same concept. Um, and, I, and I applaud that. I think it's, it's wonderful. Uh, all the major religions have something to this effect. Now, uh, if you don't have it, well then, you know, I pity you. I, I, you know, take a moment. It's, a, it's a, not just a moment. Even if you had a day yourself, let's say you're, you're a secular person, you, you're an atheist, agnostic, you, don't, you don't, don't feel connected to any faith whatsoever, fine. And you say to yourself, but I like this self-reflection business, and I'm going to take myself a day off just so that I can maybe go to the beach I'm not going to listen to the iPhone, you know, music or anything else, news, sports. I'm just going to look at the sea, and I'm going to, I'm going to reflect about my life. And uh, you know what is going to happen? You're going to fall asleep. It's, it's, you're going to say, okay, well, I think I'm done. I, I'm more or less a good guy. And, and uh, you get up and, you know, you know, wipe the sand off of your tush, and then you get back in your car and you start listening to the sports scores again. Do you know what's profound about you? what you just said? Hmm. It describes, essentially, atheistic liberalism to a T. Because, remember, these are people seeking, or they think they're seeking enlightenment. They think they've attained it. The Bodhisattva, the, Bo- the enlightened Buddha, doesn't need to reflect. He's enlightened. Yeah. So if they, who have done their yoga and eaten their vegan food, Food, no offense. That's okay, all right. From a yeah. carnivore to a... It's the only good thing they do. <laughs> and yeah. they've uh, recycled and they've worked at the soup kitchen on Thanksgiving. And they've they, done their part. And they took their children to the uh, you know, Occupy rally. They're enlightened. There's right. a reflection. Yeah, they're good people. They've paid their dues to society and, and they can put whatever they want on their gravestone. Um, look, I, you're absolutely right. It's, it's just a... Uh, it's this self-congratulatory... Pat on the back that they give themselves day in and day out how good they are. And by contrast, you know, the, we, we uh, real humans, so to speak, the, the ones who actually have a sense of a higher power, we, we are humbler. We, we, and I, I, don't, I don't mean that in an immodest way. The reality is we are humble enough to realize that we are weak, that we have our flaws, that we must improve ourselves. And... Um, even as soon as you leave the temple, as soon as you leave your church, uh, you should still be saying to yourself, "I got to work on that. I got to work on it. I got I, this family is important to me. My uh, grandchild is important to me. Um, my relationship with my teacher is important to me. 
whatever it might be, my, my, my relationship with my employees, my employer, it's all so important, and I want to fix this. Yeah. And, I, and I, I want to be more patient. I want to be more calm. I want to, I want to um, embolden people. I want to bring out the best in other people. How do I do that? Yeah, in short, you want to be more like God. Yeah. And I don't mean that in an all-powerful, iron sure, of course. way, but more enlightened, more perfect. Right. So, you know, that much closer. I find when I leave a synagogue on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there's a little bit of fear and apprehension in that it gives me a perspective of all the opportunities in life I've missed and all the opportunities I have to be better before yeah. me, knowing full well that my imperfections as a human being will allow me to miss a bunch of them. Yeah. And that's a, a terrifying feeling as as someone who, like most people who live in West LA, want to be perfect. You know, you should always be leaving synagogue or church with the following in your head. Wow, I didn't think about that. If, if you are saying that to yourself, then your pastor, your reverend, your rabbi, he's done something right. And, and your brain should be on fire in, in the, the best way possible, of course. And you should be excited to learn more, excited for the next Saturday or Sunday, as the case may be. Um, and, and that's what internal reflection is. It's not a burden. It's a joy. Um, and, and it's also, I go back to that guy who, you know, goes to the beach alone and decides that he's reflecting. But in comparison, when you have a holiday geared up precisely for this, you kind of, in a sense, force yourself to be surrounded and you realize, look, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not in charge here. The congregation, the rabbi is in charge of making this all happen. Uh, from sunrise to you know sun, sunset to sunset, so to speak, and um, we'll, we'll be done when when he says it's done. Of course, you're free to leave whenever you want, but you'll realize that you're leaving. You're, you're missing the show in the middle of the movie, and you're not really getting everything that you can get out of it. The the secular guy that we we're just talking about on the beach, he he'll never know that. He'll never know whether the movie's over or not. He has no frame of reference at all. And there's something also wonderful about being surrounded by other like-minded people, or maybe not even like-minded, but just other people who are there for the same purpose. And you begin to think, yeah, you know, I, I need to, okay, yeah, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. Oh, yeah, I need to work on that. So I'm, look, I'm, I'm, very, um, I'm very proud of the achievements that I've made in my life. Um, I could do much better. I really can. And that's, that's the attitude you've got to go in with. And it's, uh, it's, it's the secularists, I, I feel sorry for them. I, I really do. And, and this is not even whether or not you believe in God or otherwise. I mean, you should believe in God for all the reasons we've already mentioned. But I still feel sorry for the secularists because they feel they are above it all. That they don't have to have uh, a God to, 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 to put them into fear in order to do the right thing, you see. Because they know in their heart what the right thing is. And they're going to do it. Thank you very much. They're not going to waste time in church or, or temple. And you're really missing out. You're just not seeing the glory of what it means to, to know God, to, to, to have a glimpse of God. And just as bad, you're not even experiencing what it is to be human. That's the sad thing. 
Because if you don't know God, if you don't study God, if you're not excited about being a better person, you're not enjoying what it is to be human. You think that being human is just being a bit more sophisticated than the next level mammal below us, whether that's an orangutan or a dolphin. That's what you think. And you're wrong. I think it's even more profound than that. To this, this secularist that you're describing, they're a human incarnation that believes they're God. Yes. They are God. Yeah, yeah. And they don't understand... That, oh, that they are God. That they are God. Yeah. That they, they think they're God. And because, you know, their conscience told them, thus it must be. Right. Um, they don't understand that we are human. We can't even know a fraction of what God knows, the all-knowing, all-powerful being. Right. And we're supposed to feel subservient to right. this great being and to worship Right. This thing, this thing doesn't worship us. Yeah, humility is not one of the strengths of the secularists. That is, uh, you can you can say anything you want about this. The secular can tell himself whatever he wants. He can say, "Look, I'm I'm very geared up for science. I want to go where the science takes us." You know, let's put aside the conversation that that we believe science takes you to God anyway. But he could say that that he's the rational person, that he's the logical one. He doesn't believe in mythology. Um, he can take that to the bank all day long if he wants. And he can be a, a good person at the same pro- process, too. Clearly, there are many good atheists. But one thing you can definitely say is that the secularist doesn't have humility. None. Now, uh, they may say, well, what are you talking about, Mr. Lurie? I, I, I'm, I understand that I'll never be as great a figure skater as uh, Dorothy Hamill or, or a good swimmer as uh, Mark Phelps or uh, as bright a mind as Einstein or all those things that you could say or, or as business savvy as Bill Gates and Stephen Jobs. Uh, so I'm humble. I'm not talking about that kind of humility, folks. I'm talking about the sense of I, where you say to yourself, I am a human being. And because I am a human being, I am weak. I have flaws. I need to constantly improve upon myself. And my quest is to fight myself, not to fight others, to fight myself first. And that might, might involve later on fighting others. For example, conquering your fear as a soldier so that you can go defeat evil. Sure. Uh, that, that might be the, the, the quest. But humility uh, means that you've got a lot of work to do and you, you want to attain righteousness. You want to be as close as you can to God, but you'll never quite touch it. And in the quest to improve and get better, uh, you're making everyone, everyone's lives around you much better. You know what else is so profound about what you just said, in the, both in the, the big picture and the micro example? In the examples of liberal behavior saying, I can't skate like this skater, I can't be... Uh, that athlete or that businessman, they are so undercutting their own power, their own human potential and human exceptionalism by undercutting their ability to A, dream big, and B, work really hard to attain things they can't do today that they, through hard work, could achieve tomorrow. Number one, on the one side. And then the second example that's so profound about what you just gave is as the conservative, um, that's sort of shorthand for those believing in God and Uh, acting with the humility of worship, they are minding the power that they hold in their hands, the power over life and death, safety and danger to others, 
the potential, all those things, and understanding that if I don't channel these these gifts of life and ability that God has given me into positive and temperate ways, these things can be used potentially for bad and cause terrible destruction and harm. So yeah. we, who are worshiping of God, are actually acknowledging our immense power. Yes, uh, well, of course. I mean, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, your ability to, to achieve is so much greater when you realize you're connected to God. Uh, because God gives us all these talents. And if you feel, for example, that your power is in the, is in the pen, meaning being a great writer, uh, then, and you just know it in your heart that this is what you're destined to do and that God wants you to do that, if you, you feel that, well, you know what? You're going to do it. It might be hard to do it for whatever reason. Maybe you, you have a crippled hand or something. or You can't, you can't engage your mind into the, to the, to the typewriter. But you'll do it. You'll do it. Uh, you, and, and instead of being told, as a secularist would, might say to you, like, well, you know what? You can't do it, Bobby. You just, you're just not good enough. I read your stuff. You're no Kurt Vonnegut. You're no, yeah, whatever. Exactly. yeah, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> you're not me, Klein. <laughs> Uh, my favorite author, Larry McMurtry, is, a, is just as a good, just good writer, writer. Mario Puzo also, right? But anyway, the point is, being a great writer, it's, it's something you just, you, you want to pursue. And, and that, that applies even to the professions that are so difficult. It's, uh, you know, being a musician, being an actor, but being a lawyer too, being, you know, the best that you can be in all the things that you want to do. Maybe it's in business. Um, but it's, it's being a secularist, Taking away God from the equation creates such limitations upon yourself. But, but putting that aside, it, it's all about self-reflection. And this self-reflection process, the, the 10 days of awe, ends with Yom Kippur. And that's the day of atonement, where you're literally, it's, it's kind of the wrap-up of all the, the self-reflection, where you can say, you know what, not only do I want to change to be a better person, but I, I want to evaluate where I've done some misdeeds you know, I've, I've spoken negatively about somebody and probably shouldn't have, um, you know, and, and, and hopefully not too many bad things. You know, hopefully you didn't commit larceny or, or embezzlement or extortion. But whatever you've done, um, you know, there, there are times where you could have chosen better words in your disagreements with somebody. And you, you could always choose better words, always, right? So embrace that and, and say to yourself, how can I be a better person Choose better words, choose better actions. And generally speaking, when you say, how can I have done that better? The answers do come to you. And here's what I love about Yom Kippur in particular is that you get to, you really get to wipe the slate clean. Not in, a, not in the sense of uh, in a confession, Catholic confession sense, which is wonderful in and of itself. It's, it's actually quite different. It's, um, you're supposed to reflect on, on, you're supposed to say, your apologies. You, you have to be sincere about it, and you have to do it directly with the individual whom you may have wronged. Now, that individual might be uh, yourself. That person, you might, might have been extra hard on yourself. You might have been done some horrible things to your own self. Uh, you might have violated some rules to God. Um, but generally, by and large, it's, it's uh, you know, you're supposed to engage with other people and say, look, you know, I, I've been temperamental this past year. I've been jealous this past year. I've gossiped about you this past year. Um, you know, I was, I was short with you. Um, all these things that you can, you can unwind simply by acknowledging what you've done wrong and the person receiving it 
needs to hear it and also to forgive. So it's it's both a a, a holiday of acknowledging wrongs, but also forgiving forgiving them for those wrongs. So it's yeah, that's a wonderful thing. How many how many secular uh, holidays are designed around such a thing? Let me count. Mm, zero. Okay, that's the answer to that. Zero. And don't you think that's a cool thing, my secular friends? Well, we can do that anyway. We don't we don't need God to to do that. We can just you know create a day of uh, repentance, and and then everyone can kind of say you know we'll call it forgiveness day or apology day. Good luck with that, I say to you. Good luck. Because as soon as you do that, they'll say, well, wait a minute, that's, uh, that sounds like religion. So we're not going to do that. Um, you know, I, we, we can't have a national holiday on that. And then you'll say, well, what are you talking about? We're not saying that it's ascribed to any religion. Oh, yes, it is, because all the, religion, all the religions out there are the ones who have this forgiveness day, and you're, so, and you're, you're trying to force this down our throat. So you can't win with these people, right? It's... They'll claim that it's self-referencing, and um, that, that's their problem. So, but forgiveness, who, who doesn't want that? Why, why would you want to continue a new year with a lot of baggage from the previous year? You've got to wipe the books clean. It's, it's, an, it's an accounting that needs to be done. We do that with our taxes, right? I mean, in that sense, we do have an accounting every year. And we say, okay, how much money did we make in 2013? All right, well, here we are, and here's our deductions. And, and then once you send off the, uh, uh, the tax return to the IRS, um, you know, okay, it's a new year, a new financial year at least. And you think in those terms. But when it comes to uh, interpersonal uh, apologies and, and uh, rectifying your lives, nobody thinks in those terms. It's really quite fascinating, right? They wouldn't. That's far more important than the financial uh, reconciliations. Financial reconciliation, very important, but interpersonal stuff, far more important. And then there's one other aspect to both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the days of awe themselves, which is the Book of Life. The Book of Life opens on Rosh Hashanah. Those inscribed in the Book of Life live another year. Those not are die, will die. Yeah. And. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement and Forgiveness, is our last chance to make our case to God to be inscribed in the Book of Life to live another year. What beautiful symmetry. It really is beautiful. One, one last chance. Yeah. Uh, the, the secularist will say, well, that's a lot, that's a lot of hocus-pocus. You know, uh, it, you're going to die when you're going to die. And I, I, there's a lot of people who don't observe Judaism. Thank you very much. And uh, for that matter, uh, whether they're Christian or secularists or anybody else, and they seem to be living year to year after that. So this is a lot of hocus pocus on your part, Mr. Uh, Mr. David. It sounds cute, uh, but it's going to be what it's going to be. Thank you very much. And you can believe all you want about this uh, forgiveness business and being inscribed in the book of life. Um, I don't see that book of life, sir. And uh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'll just respond to them with church lady's voice and go, well, I guess you're going to enjoy your time with Satan. <laughs> um, obviously, it's metaphorical. It's, it's um, designed to make you think in terms of enjoying the best of life and also being responsible in your life. It's not as if there is indeed a deal that God is making with you every single year. In a sense, he is, of course, but... He's not, he's not seeing whether or not you've, you've been a good boy and whether or not you'll, he'll keep you alive for the next year. God's will is going to be God's will. Um, there are many bad people who've lived many 
you know, for, century, for a century or more. They're, they're very bad people out there. Does, you know, clearly that doesn't make any sense otherwise. But it's, it's a way of helping you understand where you are in society. And it's, it's another year of life in terms of the way God looks favorably upon you. Not necessarily that you'll live another year. You could very well die the next, the next week. You know, you might be 89 years old and then die two weeks later. You might have been a fantastic philanthropist. Yeah, but we pray to be inscribed. The we book pray, of life. exactly. We pray to be inscribed in the book of life. And it's about enjoying the most of life. That's, that's really what I think it's all about at the end of the day. I, I could very well be wrong, but I don't think so. I just don't think so. My friends, enjoy the days of awe. Uh, appreciate the days, days of awe. It's not just something you go through. This is really an opportunity. It's, it's a fun time. It's a, it's a very enriching time. For those of you who don't normally think in these terms, you know what? Step out of, outside of yourself for a moment and try to see the big picture. Try to avoid the, the little things in life, the, the, the little nu- nuisances in life and the, the things that drain us, the TMCs, the, the pornography, the, the, the iPads and the iPhones and, and the little games that we play with each other. Um, it, it's really petty, and it drags you down. But when you, when you internally reflect, you're doing a great thing. You're doing what, what God wants of us, what he wants of us all. Let's do it. And let's, uh, let's have some fun and, and enjoy ourselves in the process. This is Barack Lurie. This has been the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.